coming up on Simple Truths, Pastor Xavier Reese and faithful zeal based on the love for the Savior. We are to strive to enter into the narrow gate, for difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few that find it, Matthew 7, 14. We are to be filled with the power of God's might, the Holy Spirit. Put the entire armor on to withstand the spiritual enemy. Finish the race, fight the good fight, and keep the faith. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Simon the Zealot, before becoming an apostle, was a man who once would have killed in loyalty to Israel. And maybe not so ironically, tradition has it that he died a martyr in service to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pastor Xavier concludes our Simple Truths character study of Simon today while making the challenge to get passionate for the cause of Christ. Let's listen. Simon the Zealot was a committed terrorist, an assassin. It might strike you as odd to be one of the apostles of Jesus Christ. He had vowed to the death to oppose Rome in every way, by every means, at every opportunity, as they attempted to rule over the Jewish nation. God wasn't in it. It was a man-made thing, a religious zeal. To understand the day of Simeon, there were major parties, such as Simeon's, during his day, He was identified with the extreme political party, but there were many parties desiring to establish their own position, their own power in the days of Jesus, both religious and political. There always are in every age. There were the Pharisees. We read about them in the New Testament often. The name Pharisee comes from the word to separate Appearing 100 times in the New Testament, Jesus always called them hypocrites. They were the separated ones, separated unto ritual, ceremony. They were the religious gurus in Jesus' day. They were those who stood in street corner and prayed. The ones who grabbed their robes and went through the marketplace so no sinners would touch them. The ones who got up and prayed every morning, Lord, I thank you didn't make me a Gentile or a woman. Self-righteous. There were probably about no more than 6,000 any one time. They and their origin were a pure and holy people. They had become separatists from the pollution of the Jewish nation's worship of idolatry. They are thought to have had their origin after the Babylonian captivity to preserve the law. Their origin, their intention was good. They knew they had gone to captivity because they broke the law. They say, we will never break the law again. So what we're going to do is we're going to build a fence around the law. So they began their interpretations of the law. But they got to the point to where their interpretation protected people from breaking the law that they began to think that the fence was more valuable and more holy than the law. And so they began to teach 
their commandments, their precepts as the doctrine of God. They began with good intentions, but like men, when, when you start off with God, and if you deviate one degree, the longer you travel that one degree, the more distant it gets. You have to stay on track with the Word of God. They arrived to the point of being full-blown hypocrites by the time Jesus arrived on the scene. Jesus said that they were like white as sepulchers, real shiny, but inside they were full of dead men's bones. They were those who cleaned the platter on the outside in the cup, but inside they were full of dead men's bones. And yet they were considered the religious gurus of the day. They were also the Sadducees. They were the second group. The Sadducees were the materialists. And they were in charge of the temple. The business of the selling the sacrifices. The money changers. They had a little business. They charged people a little money to go shortcut through the temple. Remember Jesus turned over the tables. You always have those who in the name of God always worship the green dollar. Certainly we see it today. It's no different. They were the deists of the Jewish nation. They denied the existence of angels, spirits, and the resurrection. Matthew twenty-two twenty-three tells us. Interesting that John the Baptist called both the Pharisees and the Sadducees brood of vipers in Matthew 3, 7. Jesus cautioned his disciples about both parties. He said, then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees in Matthew 16, 12. Hypocrisy. Materialism. There were the Essenes. You never read about them in New Testament scripture, but they were during that time also. They were the third sect during the days of Jesus, even from the time of Jonathan, the successor of Judas Maccabeans, that intertestamental period. They were the ascetics, the mystics, for their means of holiness. They rose up before the sun, and they recited prayers of their ancestors. They bathed only in cold water. They didn't own two cloaks, two shoes, two of anything. They wore white garments, avoiding oaths, regarding them as worse than perjury. You always have those individuals who seem to think that the way to get closer to God is to get away from people or to get away from certain things, and that is going to make them holy automatically. You know, the, the, the Catholic Church attempted to do that through monasticism, and, and, and guys, monks, and even today, they go into caves and to be alone, but they don't realize that the monster is in them, and... Um, no matter how far you go away or how deep you are, you're still going to dream about women or anything else because the problem's inside the heart. All right? There were about four to 10,000 of them, and they occupied the west shore of the Dead Sea, Qumran Caves, the Qumran area. Now, we've gotten many fragments from the Dead Sea Scrolls from then. We've learned a lot about the communities and the days of Jesus since then. They set up their own priests and rejected marriage, but they did adopt children. They said that a man joined to a woman was pampered by 
her affections and is no longer a free man but a slave. Now right away, you know they're weird and you know they're not scriptural because God blesses marriage, okay? Josephus tells us that the Essenes were the strictest sect of the Jews. Let me just mention one more group that also is not mentioned and it was the group of the Ebionites. The Ebionites were also another religious group. They assumed their names from Matthew's gospel, the poor people, from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5.3. They denied the supernatural birth of Christ, by the way. Epiphanius is most informative on the Ebionites in his heresy, number 29. He identifies them as with the Essenes. They consider the body of Christ the revived one of Adam. They receive only the gospel of Matthew. They permitted marriage up to seven times. They had a low view of women, crediting her with the originating of heathenism. And there were some other things. They thought that, that God was so many, 96 feet taller than that. Weird. Professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. Stick to the scriptures. Be a good Berean, Acts 17, 11. With all readiness of heart to receive the word of God, but to examine, to see if those things are so. So you had these groups, religious groups. And in the midst of these religious groups, you had the Jewish zealots. They were the political terrorist group. The one of the sects of zealots was called the Sicarii, indicating of the sword to assassin. They would go in the midst of the crowds and just assassinate people. One of its leaders is named for us in the New Testament times. His name was Judas of Galilee in Acts 5.37. And with various seditious acts, he thwarted the reign of Rome and was ultimately killed and his followers dispersed, Acts 5.37 tells us. But the zealots continued their holy war against Rome. They would not hesitate to murder a Roman, but equally any Jew who would side with the Romans and more so. In 70 AD, Rome put a stop to it all. They just could not put up with the sneak attacks, with all these distractions. They marched into Jerusalem fulfilling the prophecy of Jesus and destroyed Jerusalem, leveled the city, dismantled the temple, killed thousands, sold them into slavery. And since that date, the Jews did not have a homeland until 1948, fulfilling the prophecies of Jesus Christ. Almost 2,000 years without a homeland. And in the last days, I will bring back my people. We have been the generation to see the fulfillment of that prophecy with our own eyes. In that decimation of Jerusalem, they killed people in 985 towns in Galilee. It is thought that the zealots had originally gotten their charge from the Asmonean Matthias during the intertestamental period. 
under the, quote, banner, be ye zealous for the law and give your life for the covenant of your fathers. They had a passion, ready to lay their lives down. Whatever they were at at first, it is certain that their later course was marked by a frightful excess. And they were charged with having been the human instrument which brought about the destruction of Jerusalem, according to Josephus the historian in his books of the wars. Volume 4, you can look in there. The Catholic Church taught that after 1,000 years, the Lord would return. And in her zeal, she conquered the world by its monastic endeavors, by their dishonesty to enrich themselves through the cruelty and murder of countless of people. But after the 1,000 years that passed, Jesus did not return. So she had to change her message, but certainly not her methods. Be, be weary of people who tell you dates. They're zealous, but they're not scriptural. Zeal is good if you're scriptural. If you're zealous but not scriptural, you're dangerous. You're a liability to the kingdom of God. There are still groups of Pharisees today that declare to be part of the church, and they begin with good intentions but have become self-righteous and critical. They have become actors, loving ceremony, ritual, being full-blown hypocrites, no different than the, those of the past. There are Sadducees also in the church today, those who are materialists. Everything they talk about is money. The scripture is money. God wants you to be healthy and wealthy. Nab it and grab it. It's according to your faith. The whole faith movement follows the line of the Sadducees. The major parties of Simeon, the zealous, they all claimed to be of God. But they weren't. God wasn't in it. Let's look at the third and last point. The most important decision of Simeon, the zealot. Don't miss this. The most important decision of Simeon, the zealot. First, Simeon renounced all past affiliations that promised to bring about peace. He was a zealot. He gave up the commit, his commitment of himself to bring in the peace of Israel. He stopped. He didn't go around killing people anymore. <laughs> Can you imagine? You know, people say to the well, I, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm a recovering alcoholic. What are you talking about? Can you imagine Simon saying, well, yes, I'm one of Jesus' apostles, but I'm a recovering assassin, and... Um, um, I only knocked out three today. I'm pretty good. I'm down from ten. Um, no such thing. Either you're a new Christian, a new creature, or you're deceiving yourself. One of the two. He acknowledged the history of his people as rebellious as a nation towards God. He gave up his life of terrorism and assassin in the name of God. He saw the futility of such an attempt. 
This is what Jesus does to you. It causes you to realize that, man, you've been living like a fool all your life. All your energies, all your endeavors, whatever you think that you're going to, it's, it's, it's not going to come about. Secondly, Simon resigned himself to be at the very least as zealous for Christ against sin as he had been in his zeal against Rome. That's good. He used to resist every and any foreign power that came against Israel. So he resisted the power of sin nature that came against the kingdom of God. You remember how he used to resist good and me? I used to work at being evil. I fought against good. Now, are you fighting evil and sin as much as you used to fight good? You should at least be doing that. The very least as a Christian. He used to have a hatred for those who stood and compromised the Jewish loyalty of their heritage. So he hated sin that tended to compromise the life of Christ. He's on a different side of the fence now. He used to knowingly and willfully risk his life and limb, ready to lose his life for his Jewish patriotism. So now he was laying down his life daily by denying himself, picking up his cross, and following Jesus. You see, it's on the other side now. He's a zealot. But thirdly, Simon recognized that having come to Jesus, he did not need to search anywhere else. Do you see what I mean about being the most important decision he made? He had come to rest in the grace of Jesus in contrast to the works of the law. He had come to experience a complete removal of guilt and shame for all of his past sins and acts of terrorism. He had come to the promised Messiah of the scriptures, God himself. He had a message for people that could change their lives by God's grace and spirit. He knew where he would be in eternity. Best decision Simon ever made. The devout scientist Sir Isaac Newton said, quote, I can take my telescope and look millions and millions of miles into space. But I can lay it aside and go into my room, shut the door, get down on my knees in earnest prayer, and see more of heaven and get closer to God than I can, assisted by all the telescopes and material agencies on earth. What an incredible declaration. There are some individuals who, after coming to Christ, attempt to help out the Lord and his kingdom by trusting the arm of flesh. Good intentions, but wrong. Have you ever had good intentions? Then you find out you're wrong, you feel pretty crummy, don't you? <laughs> you're so positive when you're there. Then after the fact, you go, oh, shoot. <laughs> All past ideas and endeavors to do God's work, not in accord with the scriptures, must be abandoned by the Christian. Paul said that he did all things in the past ignorantly, therefore God forgave him. He used to kill Christians, drag them off to prison, force them to blaspheme God, thinking he was doing God's service. All that is done and embraced for the kingdom 
must come from a biblical philosophy of ministry, not a corporate or management model. Too many pastors are doing ministry from a corporate or management perspective. Wrong. The church is a living organism. The church is never an organization. There's a vast difference. The Spirit says, In Acts, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Acts 13, 2. It's God's church. It's His work. Our zeal for Jesus must be based on our love for Him or else it will be based on temporary fatuation resulting from feelings, emotions, and newness. You remember being infatuated with a boyfriend or girlfriend in junior high school? And a week later you go, man, he's a jerk. (laughs) Are you in love with Jesus or just infatuated? Which is it? Is he a magical genie? You're in trouble? Is that why you've come? We are to strive to enter into the narrow gate. For difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few that find it. Matthew seven fourteen. We are to not present our members as weapons of unrighteousness to sin any longer. But rather present ourselves to God as being alive from the dead. And our members as weapons of righteousness to God. Romans six thirteen says. These weapons will build me up or destroy me. And others. We are to be filled with the power of God's might, the Holy Spirit. Put the entire armor on to withstand the spiritual enemy. Finish the race, fight the good fight, and keep the faith. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, and 2 Timothy 4, 7. You see, our arrival at Jesus must never be thought of as another religious experience in life. It is our decision based on Conclusive evidence that Jesus is who he said he was, God incarnate, John 1, 1 and one fourteen. The word became flesh and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It is our decision based on the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the revelation of the scripture that Jesus has removed all our sins and made us new creatures. As far as this is the West, Psalm 103, 12, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, a new creature. Everything becomes new. You see, it is the Spirit of God who dwells in us that yearns to jealousy for the things of God, James 4, 5 says. It's not our goodness, it's the Spirit of God in us. And we're zealous, it's because God's in me. Not because I'm so good. Jeremiah 17, 9, deceitful, desperately wicked. What? The heart of man. You see, the most important decision Simon the Zealot ever made was to accept Jesus and rest in the finished work of his kingdom. Quite a guy, Simon. He has unfolded before our eyes through these three lenses. The man Simon Zealot was fighting a war God was not behind before he came to Jesus. The major parties of Simon's Zealot's day were all claiming to be of God. But the most important decision Simon the Zealot ever made was to accept Jesus and rest in that finished work of his kingdom. Man. We should have learned a lot for only having Simon the Zealot 
God give us wisdom. May we be just like him after he was saved. Pastor Xavier Reese wrapping up another Simple Truths character study from our series of the Apostles and featuring Simon the Zealot today. And just before we close, let me take a moment to mention that copies of today's character study, simply titled Simon the Zealot, are available on CD for just $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now once again, the title to ask for is simply Simon the Zealot, or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing... Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 